Welcome to the Financial Philosophers Podcast, where we explore the nuances of personal finance, improve our financial literacy, and empower ourselves to achieve financial freedom. Come nerd out with us, and let's take this journey together. Welcome back, everyone, to another Few Cents, our fun mini-episode. Danny, good to see you. Yeah, you as well, Chris. Hey, I uh, got an interesting topic for us today. Figured you could uh, put me in the hot seat since you were in the hot seat on the crypto, mm-hmm. another Few Cents episode, and to some extent, the Precious Metals one as well. True. Yep. I figured I would uh, open the doors and talk about my own alternative asset class that I like to dabble in which is collectibles okay interesting yeah let's dive into it yeah i you know it's tough to call it an asset class i suppose it is a genuine asset class but i I have a little bit of a side hustle kind of like a okay a little business if you will Uh, i've been selling on ebay for i want to say 13 years maybe you're a veteran ebay seller i suppose (laughs) it's it's small you know in in terms of how much i do each year and most of the things I sell are just a bunch of old things that I have, you know, from over the years that I've acquired. Okay. Just want to make back some of the money I spent on it. Usually, I'm lucky if I break even. I'm happy if I usually walk away with 50 to 70% of what I paid for it. Sure. Uh, these are personal use things. But over the years, I did actually start deliberately buying certain things with the intention of selling it for more, for reselling it. Uh, so you could call it a reselling business in, in many ways uh, okay. for a profit. Yeah. Figured I'd let you throw me, throw me in the hot seat and, and uh, pick my brain Okay, I, when I was pondering on it, because when you were asking me about my thoughts on crypto or precious metals, you know, I gave all kinds of hedges about like, well, I mean, it should only be a very small portion of your portfolio. If you even yep. dabble in it, you should fully expect it to go to zero you know, blah, 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 use exercise caution. I don't personally hold any, right, very conservative and and cautious statements. And admittedly, it's an area that I don't know a lot about. And I likened it to being highly speculative and things like that. And I do realize that bias, right? People could say the same thing about buying, uh, you know, an item that could be collectible and this tangible item and trying to resell it for profit. That's also a speculative thing that everything I said could also apply to me. And so I understand okay. that bias and I, I figured you could pick my brain on that. So that's fair. All right. Um, so I going into this, then I, I will say, you know, the thought of going to estate sales and garage sales and uh, just bringing, you know, like a, a pile of cash and and looking for things that I find interesting or that I I guess no might have some value that has occurred to me many, many times. Yeah. And, uh, even now I talking about it, that sounds fun. Like I want to go dig through some old <laughs> stuff and look for, look for some, you know, like what are the gen- uh, diamonds in the rough or, you know, that kind of, that kind of concept that sounds fun. Um, and I would certainly enjoy doing it. I just do not have the time. I don't have the time bandwidth to, to make that happen. Uh, so I guess uh, my first question would be, well, first, let's go with how did you get into it initially? What led you into reselling on eBay? I will never forget exactly what sent me down this rabbit hole. And it was when you and I were in college 
uh, at DePaul University, and I had a video game for PlayStation 2. It was a survival horror video game, and it was called Haunting Ground. It was made by Capcom. Familiar. I'm familiar with Capcom. I have never heard of Haunted Ground. Hidden gem. Hidden gem for sure. And I'll never forget, I bought it at a GameStop, brand new, for $20. It was like in a in a bin for like $20 or something like that. And some years had gone by and I'd, I'd played it, you know, I beat the game, kind of tucked it away in a drawer somewhere and never thought about it again, right? Like most people do with purchases, right? I, I figured, eh, I'll just kind of sit there and collect dust until the day I die or until I decide to get rid of it in a garage sale yep, or something. Pretty much. <laughs> but, you know, when I was in college, I really had to stretch my budget and, and get by it. I was uh, busy with academics and uh, for the first two years I was swimming. So uh, really had my hands tied and was busy and, and didn't have much income to my name. I started poking around on eBay and I had sold a couple things on eBay before. Not a whole lot. I'd bought a couple things too. Like we're talking like single, single digit things, uh, you know, over the past couple years at this point, I was like, well, you know what? Maybe I'll look through my collection and see if anything's worth anything. So I'm Googling, searching on eBay. Lo and behold, Haunting Ground for PS2 was selling on eBay for like around $80. And this is used. This isn't even new. This wow. is a used copy. Okay. I was like, wow, I could sell this used video game for four times the price I paid for it brand new. That's amazing. Like what an ROI return on investment right there if I've ever seen one. So I sold it on eBay and then I started, you know, getting motivated to go through all my other things in my collection. And then I just started noticing certain themes and trends like, oh, like certain types of things that have maybe a certain niche focus or interest or maybe like a certain type of cult following around it that has like a a lot of interest and fervor surrounding it. Or maybe there's a particular cultural relevance to something. You just start to notice little trends here and there like, oh, that that ended up selling for a decent profit and this did. And, you know, you start to realize some things are winners and some things aren't. And okay. that kind of sent me down the, the rabbit hole. I, I, there are other things I, I dabbled in. Like I used to play a trading card game called Magic the Gathering. It's kind of like a board game, but it's a card game. <laughs> I would be surprised if the vast, maybe not vast, but I think a lot of people listening probably have heard of Magic the Gathering before. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Basically the dark fantasy version of Pokemon for adults, I suppose. Fun game. A very expensive hobby to get into. Uh, I don't recommend it if you want to save any money. So um, (laughs) I haven't played it in many, many years, uh, probably well over a decade at this point. But I did have a lot of cards and I realized, wow, some of these cards are really selling for a lot of money. Like a single card, I remember selling for like $80 one time I sold on eBay. And I just started to get deeper and deeper into it and realize I started noticing themes and certain things. Now, currently what I will occasionally sell now are certain video games or vinyl records or limited edition uh, books or art or collectible toys, things like that. Okay. And I I dabble. I don't do a whole lot of it. Like you said, it it takes a lot of time to to do it. And I, you know, time is increasingly uh, scarce as we get older and busier. It's a scarce and finite resource. Yes. So So. at at this point in time, would you say that currently... I know you said you are a reseller, so that it, it's being run kind of like a business. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is it the with the focus you put on it? It's 
kind of akin to a hobby that's that more than pays for itself in a way yes there is you know there's a difference between hobby selling and actual business i I do pay i do pay taxes uh, when i sell things for profit uh i do have to pay taxes on that and i also have to pay self-employment taxes on it because i I am treating it as a business Uh, okay so it is you have an actual business set up for i do yes in the state of west virginia i do have a business uh sole proprietorship set up for it but it's it's a small little side hustle i do for fun i will admit the, the emphasis is on the fun part um you know it's i've learned a lot over the past 10 plus years selling primarily on on ebay because that's just what i i know and what i'm comfortable with but there are other places people can sell to like facebook marketplace and i guess you can get listed on amazon as well i don't know the process behind that you know what that does remind me i can i can speak to selling on amazon because my wife created a very small almost like a virtual bookstore to sell all of our older textbooks wow and and different books that we came across yeah wow and and we used that to to sell off the thousands of dollars of uh, educational materials that we amassed over the years and i'm sure you made all of that money back right not quite not quite (laughs) Uh, but you know what? It was certainly better than zero. Yeah. Hey, I mean, you know, part of why I'm kind of excited to talk about this is I don't think people should view selling things on eBay as, as a form of an investment. And I don't think people should be running to throw money at what they think are limited edition, cool things that they could sell for a profit. You really do have to know what you're looking for and what you're doing. And there's a lot of ways you can get burned on it. Uh, I, I suppose maybe I should speak to some of the risks and cons of it too, right, Danny? I mean, for starters, you're you're tying up assets, right? When you buy an item, that's not legal tender. You can't just go liquidate that overnight and go deposit it in your bank if you need to pay a bill. You have to take pictures. You have to post it online. You have to manage the sale. You have to respond to any customer inquiries who have questions about it. You have to carefully package it and box it up and go to the post office and drop it off and that takes time right so it's it's not something you can easily access you know you also have to deal with customers reaching out to you some may be pleasant some may not be i have bought things that i was certain would go up in value only for them to stay flat or go down mm, okay I, i've also underestimated costs before right like i've bought things that ended up having high shipping costs because they were really heavy to ship and that really ate into the profit. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've underestimated how much time some of these things can take. Like one lesson I've learned just because I've become so cognizant of my time spent, I just won't generally anymore. I won't deal with things below a certain price threshold because it takes about the same time to manage a sale and box something up, whether that thing sells for $20 or $200. Very true. And so from a time perspective, it makes a lot more sense for me to to be more selective on what I buy with the intent of reselling. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. A couple of other questions, uh, yeah. I guess. What do you enjoy about it or what what are kind of your favorite favorite aspects of it? Again, I mean, I do it in very limited quantities. I also want to differentiate myself. You've heard of the term scalper before, right? Oh, yes. I yeah. think that many of us very much dislike them. Oh my gosh, I I absolutely hate scalpers to our listeners a scalper is where there's something you really want to buy maybe it's like a 
a video game system or some item. Concert tickets are a very great example. And they will use software, usually uh, maybe AI, I don't know, but they'll set up a computer program where they will just, as soon as something goes on sale, they'll buy out all the inventory instantly, like really, really fast, like hundreds of things are out of stock now. And then they'll just immediately post it online and sell it for ludicrous prices, like many times over what the original cost was. And it, it's totally unfair to the, the regular consumer. Uh, that is not what I do. Um, generally, so you ask, like, what do I enjoy out of it? Generally, um, I find it fun, right? There are a lot of things that I buy that I display right behind me. Uh, if you're watching the YouTube channel version, um, I have couple collectible books you'll see some lego sets built behind me i have a couple collectible video games in acrylic cases from my childhood that are very nostalgic to me and so i enjoy some of them to to display and kind of have in my own little working space and uh in the future i will eventually sell them uh, maybe for a profit hopefully but i also find the adventure of making a call like I have this conviction that this thing is going to go up in value, right? When that conviction materializes and you actually see a profit, it feels so good. <laughs> like it's kind of cool to see that come to fruition. So I enjoy that process too. But I really do keep it small, right? Like generally, if there's something I really like and I want, maybe I'll buy one for myself and then I'll buy a second and keep it sealed with the hopes that it will appreciate ah. in value and then I can sell it and it will pay for the cost of me getting the one thing that i wanted if you will interesting that's an interesting concept yeah and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but i've been doing it for so long that i kind of know what to look for i do have a lot of knowledge on certain things that i'm like i think that's going to do pretty well i could probably make back my money you know there was there was a vinyl record i wanted and i knew it was going to sell out quick so i bought two of them and i think the vinyl record was thirty dollars or 30 or $40, probably 40 after shipping and taxes. So I bought two of them and I just sold one of them on eBay for $95 or $100. After the eBay fees and the, the shipping cost, it it was about two times what I paid for it. So in, in in other words, I was able to get the copy for myself to keep for free once I net out the, the, the sale and, and whatnot. So it's kind of a fun part of the hobby there as well. There's some potential for some cool returns uh, depending on what things sell for. But you know, once you really back out the the fees that you pay at least mm-hmm. I, I work i i sell on ebay so ebay takes usually a 15 percent fee of the sale okay. price and you plus have the pay. hours of labor right and the shipping yep. cost right some things are still even after all expenses uh are, are a nice a nice gain but sometimes it's not as much of a gain as you were expecting uh, that's why i keep it very minimal it's just a fun little side hustle i do to to keep me engaged in some of the hobbies that i really enjoy myself and it's kind of a way for me to make them more um, financially feasible, right? A lot of this helps me pay for my hobby. I think that is also a risk. Uh, I have met people who are drawn to the allure, this idea that they could invest in these things and then sell them for a profit, but they start treating it more like a hobby than a business and and they start using it as a justification to spend more money on things they actually want Interesting. without the, you know, the intention of actually selling it. And so you have to be you, mindful of that. You've got some lifestyle creep yep, creeping into sure. the business aspect of of the reseller side okay yes and there are the the temptation is there right there are things that you are interested in and you really like and there's going to be the temptation to want to keep it and not sell it too right so if you're if you're one of those people who who struggles to let go then it's definitely not something for you okay that's fair 
yeah, I don't think it's for most people because it does does take a certain mindset to really mm-hmm. keep to keep treating it like a business and really think about it from that angle. But yeah, um, what what about you, Danny? I, I, have you ever sold anything online? I know you don't really do this as like a as a side business, but is there anything you have that you're like, oh, I wonder if that's worth anything? So I, I will say that before I get rid of or give anything away, uh, one of the things I've been doing is just l- taking the item and then looking it up online, uh, and it's. Doing so, it's one of the ways that I've recently realized that several of the uh, paintings that I've inherited are worth quite a bit more than I expected. Nice. Um, you know, in the at least four-digit range. And I still have them, and I don't have any plans to, to sell them or get rid of them. But it's, it's interesting to know, you know what things might be worth to collectors. My recent experience, I have never sold anything on eBay. My wife has sold our books, as I mentioned, on mm-hmm. Amazon years and years and years ago so far in the past that i had completely forgotten it forgotten about it until this discussion i have some experience trying to kind of offload things uh on facebook marketplace which i will admit i am not a fan of doing so it is an enormous amount of work when you are trying to uh, maybe just you know sell something for 20 to 40 dollars uh and you are kind of managing you know, 50 contacts sometimes about this item. Yeah. And it's really, you're just like anybody who shows up, just come take this. Like, why am I trying to manage all of this? Right. It's not worth your time at that point. It's not worth your time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely something you have to be aware of. Like how much time are you at? Are you throwing at this and and what is it using up? But then again, you can get into, and we're going way off on a tangent here. If you're spending a lot of time on it, if your time was otherwise just going to be spent in front of the, television or something then you're not really at a loss right i mean it's it certainly can be a time suck if you if your time is otherwise spent doing productive things but you know if you if you otherwise have a lot of free time have at it it can be it can be a fun learning experience yeah i agree you know i um to our listeners i do want to do an episode about selling your old stuff and decluttering at some point in the coming weeks and danny i'd be happy to walk through you know all the lessons i learned the the good and the bad right the, the, okay the pitfalls I fell into and might be able to give uh, our listeners some pointers, especially as we're going into the new year. It might be a fun episode to to kind of help motivate people, especially if they have old things where they're wanting to get rid of it. Um, Absolutely. Help give some guidance on that. So yeah, some, keep, stay tuned for that. We'll do that in a future episode. Guidance to help people uh, kind of follow up on those New Year's re- resolutions <laughs> to you know embrace minim- minimalism or declutter. Financial minimalism. It was a good episode we did and definitely go check it out if you haven't heard it yet. But hey, Danny, thanks for um, for asking the questions and exploring with me. And to our listeners, hope, hope you found this interesting and stay tuned for in the coming weeks when we actually do an episode on selling your old stuff. Happy to walk you through that. Hope you have a great rest of the week and we'll see you next time. All opinions expressed in this program are for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for any investment decisions or financial advice. Always remember that investing involves risk and the possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a qualified professional before making any important financial decisions.